Uh, hey, everybody. My name's Robert Hagens. And I'm Kay Tuxford. Yeah, okay. And this is episode 108 of Screenwriting from the Trenches. And it's a podcast about the craft and expression of screenwriting, kind of, you know, in all of its forms. So, you know, just from the perspective of writers, just like you. So, you guys, uh, this might be, I, and no offense to any of our lovely guests for from the for the rest of the year, but this might be my favorite episode of the whole year. Because today on the show, we have good friends of mine, Kevin Good and Jenna St. John, who are the creators, executive producers of the television show Sexpectations. Jen has been on the show before, but her husband, Kevin, is new to the podcast. And I love these guys. They were my first writers group. I, I still remember like going down to driving down to DC from Frederick and like being up and hold up in Kevin's office <laughs> where we would eat Chinese food and read each other's stuff. It was like <laughs> my favorite thing of all time. So it's also where I met Pam who has acted in my as my de facto lawyer since that time. So I got to thank you guys for that. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Happy to be here. So normally we do the thing where we would talk about Twitter drama, but in solidarity with SAG-AFTRA versus the AMPTP, we are substituting our former, former Twitter drama segment for one that we're calling the Strike Corner. Take it away, Zach. It's just another day in screenwriting drama, screenwriting drama, screenwriting drama. It's just another day in screenwriting drama. It's another day in screenwriting drama. And we're back. And we're back. I yeah, wanted okay. to say it this time. You okay. did. You I did, Kate Tuxford. I did. You did. So what's going on with the strike? Not much, except for we're still striking. Strike is still is there's still a strike. Cause yeah. all right. Yeah, I think it's it's just more of waiting for an offer that you know, I think we hit this with the writer's strike. Now we're past a hundred days for the SAG after strike. Yep. And there is kind of just this like wait of like who's going to break first. And <clears throat> newsflash is going to be the AMPTP. Because actors have already been, like, working and sleeping in their friends' living rooms and whatnot. They're like, you can't take more away from me. Because I'm an actor. Because I'm an actor. We had the same with writers, right? Because writers are like, jokes at you. I already had to work at Trader Joe's to support my writing career. It's the same thing with actors. They're just like, all right, I guess we'll just wait a few more tables and wait for you guys to figure your shit out. So... It's just a matter of, I think this is just the good wait at this point. So those who are waiting and holding power to you, just because we can make a joke about it doesn't mean it isn't hard right now. Right. Um, so thank you guys very, very much for holding the line. I am confident it's going to pay off and, and it's going to be worth it for you and your future and for other actors coming up after you, same as the writers. So you know, it sucks that you have to wait it out, but I think good things are coming. I'm going to ask uh, a question to all assembled. Do you guys think it's going to go into the new year? No. Yeah. I'm going to be the pessimist the, and say that it will. Cause <laughs> I think as the writers catch up on their scripts and the studios are, you know, I think it's easy for them to wait a little bit while the writers get moving again and have to write things. And then they need a product. They need those actors back on. They're going to make it happen. Well, I, I agree with you on that, but they're stubborn. They're, they're and out of touch. <laughs> yeah, severe, I'm gonna yeah, agree with the second one more. They're very out of touch. They're like, what? What people need to make a living? What? What? We can't just have their likeness for in perpetuity for 150 dollars. What? That, oh yeah, that actually came down. That's not on the outline, but that came down. ScarJo laid down this lawsuit this week, where she got mad because there was this company that used her likeness in a commercial to promote their AI bullshit. And she was just like, nah, B, you didn't ask me and I didn't get paid for that. So y'all going to court. And they, the people are thinking that this is just going to be the first of many lawsuits as folks start, you know, cracking down on the fact that 
as actors, they are a business and you yeah. can't just use their shit and get away with it, you know, as deep fakes become pretty common occurrence, especially for the obvious. So people are talking about how this ScarJo is is once again positioning herself as the Rosa Parks of lawsuits or <laughs> litigation. Yeah, and I think I think it's I think number one, it's great. It's such a high profile name, but she's also been litigious with Disney before a couple of right. years back. We talked about this, I think, at the beginning of the podcast, where you know there was breach of contact over theatrical release um, mm-hmm. of uh, during the pandemic, and so she's you know she's not going to be like oh nice nice. She's she's in it to protect her business, and and she's going to win. Yeah, I don't see this as a case for her losing. No, no. And I think it's good because then it will set that nice precedent for other actors who maybe find themselves in like a Best Buy commercial. They don't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're like, I don't remember being background in that, you know, and, and this will be a nice, pre- you know, <clears throat> precedence. But speaking of silly deep fakes, apparently SAG asked members not to dress up as characters from struck companies for <laughs> Halloween. And that had a bunch of comedic and stupid reactions online guys did you see any of this i i feel like i'm so out of touch in terms of like celebrity dress up (laughs) um i i have no idea yeah i I think i saw what heidi klum dressed up as this year she's a peacock and several like she requires many extra people to be her feathers she's just the center and other people are like feathers that follow her. All right. Okay. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad she's enjoying herself. Yeah, I think. I think that you know, it became a little silly. Where like, if you're one type of Elvis, if you're Elvis from Priscilla, <laughs> yeah. it's not okay. You know, it's okay. But if you're Elvis from, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, nobody is like a specific Baz Elvis. Lerman's Elvis? No, no. But yeah, that's right. Sophia Coppola's Elvis. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And it was like, it's Elvis. I don't think anybody's going to be like, which Elvis are you? I mean, I know there's some like very, very specific LA outfits. I saw someone dress up like Greta Gerwig from the Rose Garden scene, just wearing her outfit where she was directing Lady Bird. So like sometimes people Mm -hmm. get a little way too specific or some two people dressed up as the lockers from the movie Bottoms where they were just wearing lockers that said faggot one and faggot two i'm sorry that's what's on the locker so like sometimes people in la get a little a little weird and specific but i don't think anyone wandering around in elvis is like which elvis am i they're probably like i am elvis the actual person Uh uh-huh or like you know if you're snow white is it you can't be disney snow white you have to be um oh god this is hurting my brain just talking about it (laughs) shut the fuck up this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> this is the stupidest fucking shit I have ever uh, heard. Yeah, and it's like, how are you as an actor going to tell your little kid they can't be Elsa from Frozen? God, Christ. Jesus Christ. Like, you know... They, they mess up. Some people make bad calls, right? I feel bad for the union. Everything they do gets scrutinized. And yeah. it's like, I think that was a bad call. You have to make choices that are really, like, effective in, in putting the leverage on and the negotiating and is ruining little girls halloween's the right way to do that i don't know yeah a long leash they've made a lot of decisions that nobody's talking about because it's just it's just business as usual and then i think i think i I don't know everything needs like a hot take right so yeah i think goes super viral and then oh my god the union's so unreasonable it's like uh, they made one iffy decision where we don't have to yeah (laughs) we'll be okay yeah, and I think the decision probably came from a good place because they want to show that solidarity. But I think, you know, once you extrapolate it and realize who's being struck and what they own and, you know, that's and will when it really, will it, not implementable. will it yeah. up the, the pressure? Yeah, no, it, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> the, the difference in parenting styles, you know what I mean? Where you're just like, you know, like you have that one parent who's like, do it and I'll fucking kill you. Or the other parent is like, I wouldn't do that. You know, if it were me, I think that you know it wouldn't i wouldn't make that decision and if you're that parent and i am that parent because i usually because you know that there's an opportunity for hilarity after it where you know some kids are going to make some stupid decision and you want to see them learn that lesson 
Like, but then I, I, I learned all of my parenting lessons from, from Titus. So I, I, I'm probably a horrible person. So anyway, that's <laughs> my, my classic parenting go-to is what you learn. So <laughs> you, do have to, you do have to have the lesson take place. Yes. Yeah, right. So yeah. I'm just like, yeah, don't, I wouldn't, but you know, you do you boo. Like, let's see know, what happens. Yeah. I reserve all rights to laugh at you afterwards. That's, and that usually that keeps my kids from doing stuff like that. Cause they're like, no, he will laugh at me. Um, <laughs> 20 car pile up. People are bleeding out in the street. There's an airplane coming down. You're like, right, yeah. what, did you what, learn? what did you learn? What did you learn? <laughs> Probably shouldn't have done that. Deb. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will write you letters every day while you're in prison. And you know, it's, it's all good. Every letter is ha ha ha. What you yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> like a wow, Rob, letter from the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> every every visitation of prison. Every week you come and you sit down in the prison visitation uh, room. Yeah, pick up the phone on the wall. What did you learn? What did you learn? <laughs> <laughs> Not to turn my back in the shower, Dad. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. I told you. I told you. <laughs> So we have one other thing on our what's you know what's going on, which is American film market is this week in Santa Monica. So LA is like if you <laughs> this is a traffic warning to people, don't go to Santa Monica if you can avoid it. Additionally, as fun as a fun thing, the hotel workers at several of the hotels in Santa Monica where this is taking place are striking. And so, you know, obviously it's pretty awkward for film people who don't want to cross picket lines to cross any picket lines. So, and the, the fun thing is the hotel workers, I was, I was there yesterday, are going to town. I'm very proud of them. They're noisy. They're beating drums. They're making things really uncomfortable for like, a, I think it's Hilton Marriott. So solidarity with them even though this event is taking place around town for them. I really hope they get everything they want. And they're like, they're bringing music and horns. And I mean, like, I'm just very proud. Every time I see a good strike going, I'm like, yeah, go and get it. I'm glad. Like, I'm I'm glad to see, you know, we've had a year where we've had success, a successful stripper strike. You know what I mean? Like, this has been the best year for, for <laughs> labor in a long time, I think. This is the best. I'd and love to see it. And Love the unionized strippers were so proud of what they did. They came to the WGA strike and like brought stripper poles and like did stripper moves and dances and stuff to support the WGA. Fantastic. And, I mean, that's the, the, the thing is labor supports labor. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm a, I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. Yeah. Just because I I feel like any any time that corporations lose, they are easy villains. Easy villains because they're not good. Not a one of them. None of them are good. I don't give a shit. You can't convince me. <laughs> They're all guilty of horrible, horrible shit. I've been through it. Some of you have been through it. They should always lose. And I don't understand why anyone defends them. You can't. You can't. They're bad, bad people. Most of them. And the companies themselves as just entities are just, their histories are rife with like all the way back to Walt Disney. He was a terrible person about labor. He hated it. Absolutely. He was a fucking asshole. And I can say that because it's historically accurate. Go fuck yourself. All of these companies should lose. And I feel no, and I do not feel bad about saying it. I hope they lose everything. I hope the workers get everything they want. I'll always be the labor person. Go fuck yourself. I'm just glad we can cuss on this podcast. Yep. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> Shit. You fucking can. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Calm down there. Zero. Right. Mm. Okay. Can I just make a... Mm, anyway, that's a... I did. I make a Nightmare Before Christmas reference, which is still out in theaters because it's been 30 years. And so now I feel old. Anyway, we are here to talk with Jenna and Kevin about their lovely show, Sexpectations. I feel it like... it's lovely. It is lovely. I also, once Rob told me the title, I said, Rob must love everything about this show. I do. Thank you for setting me up title. like that. Yes. I love the show. This might be my new show. Like the best shows that I've watched recently have been on Apple TV, which is also where I watched this show. It was weird because I had to watch it from my PlayStation instead of my TV because the show wouldn't show up on like, like, <laughs> like my cable box was trying to cock block me. So I had to go to PlayStation <laughs> who had no... A qualms about showing 
the show on Apple TV. So it was weird. I couldn't watch it through the cable box. Very strange. But anyway, besides the fact that Comcast was trying to cock block me, I did manage to, I was watching the show and I was laughing my ass off. This show is amazing. Like, I, I love the comedy of it. I think that the, the it has that, that rapid fire sort of wit and delivery. And I also had the pleasure of reading most of the scripts before they were episodes. Thanks to Jenna. Thank you to Jenna. But I still loved it. I think it's hysterical. It certainly feel, fits in with the sort of the shows that I that I love on there, which would be The Morning Show and Severance. Oh, yeah. I was like, how can he not say Severance? And just for our listeners at home, since this is a new show, do you guys have like a basic like logline for the show just so we can, you know, do a little advertising here for you guys? Yes. The show is about Katie, who is approaching 30 and she is still a virgin. And she is about to get her first novel published, her erotic novel. But the publishers tell her that her sex scenes need a little bit of work. So she makes it her personal quest to lose her virginity for the good of her book. As a writer, I approve this. It just feels <laughs> it feels like writer logic. You're like, ah, it's time. <laughs> gotta have that. <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I there are definitely moment. things that I've subjected myself to to just be like, yeah, I've got to write about this, so I'm gonna do it. And then you knew it was stupid. You knew it was stupid when you were thinking about it, but you're like, no, it's for the good of the work. It's all gonna be. You know, when I was younger, I remember there's a certain author that I think he was like a thriller or an action author that accidentally fell out of his building trying to figure out if he could go from one window to the next. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. And the answer was no. No. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. So so this sounds like maybe a, a safer option. And please, writers, don't go out your window, try to crawl around your building. It is not safe. You can or use you, your imagination. You know, like, just don't blame us for it. Whatever you do, those are your choices. We are not endorsing them, but your choices are your own. But You can, I gotta... you can go have sex. I endorse that. If, if you think that no, going and having yeah. sex will make your writing better, then you should probably, you should probably explore that. I can, yeah. I can wholeheartedly endorse that. Half That's probably, sex. especially if you're an erotica writer, it seems yeah. like, you know, you should know, you should know your stuff. Greenwriting <clears throat> from the trenches says, fuck more. Um, yeah. That's a pull out yeah. quote from the the episode. That's great. We'll just, <laughs> that's the title of the episode. Fuck more with the creators of sex expectations. <laughs> you're setting up a lot of sex expectation there. Somebody's going to be hey, like, hey, okay, how do I... Wow. Um, so, okay, well, let's let's just jump in there since we've, we've got the log line. I feel like we've hooked everybody in there. They're like, fuck more, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> where, did you, where did you come up with this premise? How did it come about? So I met Sophia Medley, who plays the, the star of the show. She plays Katie on a set about 10 years ago now. And she wanted to see a show about a late bloomer. And we were just talking about like how there's all these rom-coms out, all these, all this content about awkward sexual experiences for men, but not really for women. Um, and we've all had them. Um, so that kind of spawned everything. Okay. That's awesome. Well, I want to know, cause Kevin, you direct all the episodes, but Jenna, you wrote all the episodes with, it is the, like Sophia's credited with, with story. So I want to know what did that well, like any kind of writer's room look like? Like it wasn't Sophia in a completely different state. So she's credited for story for the pilot episode. Okay. Because uh, her and I came up with the the concept together, and then from there the words on the page, um, everything else is. I don't want to say it's me because I write nothing alone. So I write, I give everything to Kevin. Like when I write a page, I give it to Kevin. And then after I had a full draft that I was happy with, I gave it to uh, Gabe Err, who plays Levi, who's the bartender in the show. And Gabe is a comedian and a comedic writer. And so he just had this whole other group of notes for me. And that's it, really. So that's, that's, my, like a, that's my crew. That's your mobile writer's room. I like that yeah. there's like a jokes pass, there's a story pass. I mean, I feel like that's everything that you do in a writer's room. You kind of like check the story, check the characters, 
make sure it's funny and then trust your gut, right? Yeah. I would call Sophia up before I wrote anything that would put her in a vulnerable position. Right. Um, and run it by her. Right. So every time I said this is what this is what I'm thinking of writing. This is where yeah. I'm going with it. Yeah. This is uh, just a to good get her. Warning yeah. for your actor too. Like, how do you feel about being naked and riding a horse? You know, you should check with them first. Yeah. Right. How do you <laughs> feel be about like, giving I a know big how to ride a horse? Job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Wait, uh... you you already saw the season two script? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. <clears throat> oh, we need better security. Well, um, tier, screenwriting from the trenches. Well, yeah. that brings me to sort of my like the idea because when we talk about shows, you know, you get into these meetings and people are always like, what is the engine? What is the thing that moved them that moves from episode to episode? So did you like where did you guys sort of land on that? Like what you thought would be what would besides the book like of what would sort of bridge you guys from one episode to the next the book is huge so her quest to lose her virginity you know is a big one and that's that's her quest every episode you know and then the countdown is the deadline for her rewrite Mm -hmm. her book rewrite for the publishers before she you know either secures or loses her book deal so that was a very like natural natural engine I guess, like external engine to explore. And then there was the internal engine of her putting herself out there and then falling for these men, you know? So it's like a metaphorical opening up, you know, and being vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a lot of of episodic elements too, right? Like, like I'd say it's about half and half plot lines in terms of, I guess it's a little bit more serialized, but you know, I think every episode we were trying to do some grab bag of something that it feels sexually vulnerable for lack of a better description, something that's like authentic and sexually vulnerable. So like in the first episode, it was the lady length in the second episode, it was being no good at hand jobs in the third, you know, so it's those things where it's, it's, it's stuff that's, you know, it's, it's fairly isolated in the episode and isn't like leading on, but there's kind of like an endless grab bag of, people's sexual vulnerabilities and quirks so i think if we you know after we get picked up and we do like 200 episodes like the american office we'll be all right we'll be like scraping the bottom of the barrel by 199 but there's a lot (laughs) there's a lot out there to pull from yeah i was gonna say i think there's so many sexual worries hang-ups insecurities right i mean even down to like bad breath and you know what what's you know what's your etiquette for for shaving etc so i mean like you can go anywhere with it Every, people can come up with something to be afraid of all the season two scripts i'm telling you i know <laughs> and yeah. the horse yeah well i mean fraser and i keep bringing this up on the show fraser was single for like 10 seasons like he barely had a girlfriend that lasted longer than three episodes you know what i mean and they just mm, let that go for like ever he's still single if you watch the new fraser show and i've only watched the pilot but you know, if he's still single, he's still fucking like he's like he's literally managed to make it work one time with Lilith, and just that's it. That's like for the rest of the time, he's just like that that bachelor guy, and like that's <laughs> well, the and, you know that's a partial think, engine of that show. And I think there's something ironic about it. Here's a guy who's a therapist and like knows you know inner people and emotion and he can't manage personal relationships and we're there for that irony like it's there's nothing funnier than watching an intelligent bright person fuck something up the rest of us maybe managed a couple of times for 200 (laughs) episodes just like literally just like just a (laughs) constant train wreck but did you guys ever get any like engine breaking ideas like something where you're just like i don't know if we can I don't know if that's a thing. You know what I mean? Did you ever want to go like Atlanta and just be like, where are we going here? I don't know. Um, I had, you know, I had the ending in mind already. Like I already, I always know where I'm going, like where I'm going to land. It's mm-hmm. the, you know, the double stuffed middle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where there's like, there's some room to explore. And so that's like where we had the, expert. it's like how to get to that ending or how to get to, um, I know that I wanted it to be contained and I wanted there to be a possibility of continuing. So that was my big goal for. It had to I feel guess. like a season was ending, but it had to right. feel like 
so we'd be curious if the show went on you know so it's not it's, it's not a movie but we obviously we don't know if we'll get the chance to do any more of it and so we wanted it to be a satisfying a satisfying experience you know yeah yeah. I feel like there's a that's what she said joke in there that was just said. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> For a show, man. show called Sexpectations, I feel like we should play into the double entendres. Um, I'm going to point them out the as we go. Of the barrel. That's oh. Just, oh, you're just jealous because I, I heard it. No, first. I'm not. I'm not jealous of that at all. That is... <laughs> I am ashamed of you that for even doing that on the show. You yeah. know, it kind of works for me. Okay. It's shame. Yeah. All right. Go for it. It's fine. <laughs> but oh, okay. All right. I'm just. I'm. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna just live in this moment for right now. I'm just gonna live in this moment. You made it. That's what she said. Joke on this podcast. I'm just mm -hmm. okay. Um. So I'm gonna ask the next question since you're ahead. full of shame and Go in ahead. the moment. Obviously, we've been talking about season two. If you get to do a season two, what sort of things are you guys looking forward to to, to adding? Because I think the fun thing is like once you do a season one and the audience is down, you can add so many more things. I think what I would want to explore in season two is more of the same, but within the the context of a relationship. And yeah, so I think season two would be the relationship season. I do have, I have an idea for what the story engine would be for season two that I won't say because I think it, it would spoil, it will spoil, you know, season one right. for anyone who hasn't watched and anyone who hasn't watched should watch. That's Agreed. fair. That's fair. Yes. Um, In fact, anyone have... who's listening right now, pause this, go watch the expectations. Don't do that. No, listen <laughs> to this. We'll do it without spoilers here and then they can go watch. Don't do that. Don't tell okay. them, don't, mm, mm, mm. you guys are listening. <laughs> Rob doesn't like listening. being paused. Okay, okay. All right, good night, Irene. I hate that in podcasts where they do that. There's a, there's one of my favorite podcasts, the Q&A with Jeff Goldsmith, where they'll be like, we're going to get into the spoiler sections at one point. So for those of you who haven't watched the thing that you've been listening to for half an hour, pause this now and go, I'm like, no, 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 no. I waited until after I watched the thing because I didn't want it, I, I didn't mind it being spoiled. It's fine. I've watched it already. That's you came prepared. Did. You're you're a good Boy Scout. You came prepared uh, <laughs> for your podcast. It's just a warning to everyone else who maybe just kind of like right, wandered right, in right, and is right, like, right. whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> I've got all these expectations. No, they're uh, like, <laughs> I think, you know, in terms of engines and like shifting engines, I think the greatest gift that's been given to television in the last 10 years has been The Good Place where that show has allowed us to like, you know, it gives you that model where you can like, I can reinvent the premise every single season. And like, as long as it still relates to, as long as the title still makes sense, you know, that's, it, it works. And that, you know, that is just a gift given to us by Michael Schur. And thank God for that show. Because at the, the the ending of the first season again, without spoiling, is a is a showbreaker. Like that's it. Like the right. jig is up. And then mm -hmm. in the second season, you're like, how the fuck are they going to do this? For an, oh wow, they oh, they are they are very much nailing this. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I totally and, agree. Totally agree. And yeah. like the old school sitcoms mm -hmm. where it's like the How I Met Your Mother, where you just know it's just idle chatter because, like, the very premise of it is that we're not going to see the thing. Right feel feel kind of exhausting when you have something that feels as i hate to say like as fresh as a good place <laughs> it's like old now but like you know as fresh as a good place right no, i mean that's no. true because i remember even as a kid growing up it was like why watch gilligan's island they never get off until the last episode yeah just watch the last episode fucking island yeah. Well, there's that oh. one episode where they get off, but then they get ruined again so you know exactly exactly <laughs> they that's, do? A, that's yeah. a thing I never watched that show because they never get off the island. That's a... <laughs> that's the whole thing, and then they tease one episode where they like totally get off, and then they and they end up on a shipwreck on the same island again at the end. Of wow! The that no, is... I mean that's the, that's like the I mean that's like such a broad show. That's like the joke. You know what I mean? Right, 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 um, right, right. Yeah, so nobody. Like, okay, it's not like Lost where you're like. No, it is the same thing as Lost. It's exactly the same. Yeah, with Lost, you like want something to happen. With Gilligan's Island, you realize that you're just like watching sketch comedy of like. You know, people want to, you know, it's not, 
So, so there I forgive it more. But no, I love that hybrid, like tonally, the good place where they manage to have like really broad comedy, but they also manage to have like a plot that you can still care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And honestly, like Gilligan's Island slash a lot of sitcoms or half hour comedies, which, you know, I, I wouldn't really call, I wouldn't call expectations a sitcom. Really? Um, yeah. Although we do, we have a sitcom episode or which was, probably my favorite thing to write okay it was just so much fun to write the sitcom episode yeah yeah Yeah, we do a sitcom for a section but no i wouldn't call it a sitcom because it's it's too serialized it's too earnest you know i would call it a half hour comedy okay half hour half hour rom-com that's good yeah yeah you guys do make a a crazy ex-girlfriend joke in one of the early like early episodes and so I was like, ha, 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 that's, that's, you know, cause it, yeah. And that was another one where they're, they're constantly, I feel like reinventing the premise of it, you know, it like it's sort of ab- abiding by the conventions of the show where this is a comedy and it's also a musical. There are, there's just going to be parts of this that are going to erupt in song, but we're also going to deal with these, you know, it's sort of hung on the lantern of the characters and also the issue of, of mental health. And so because of right. that, the show is allowed to go in very different directions without necessarily breaking its own, like... Mold, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mold, and I guess uh, expectations is... I guess the, the engine of the first season has closed. So it would be a different engine for season two. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I think Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is one of those shows where I, I felt like I trusted the writers. Like I think they knew where they were going. Mm-hmm. You know, they I'll had a plan uh, as opposed to Lost, where I stopped watching it because I didn't trust the writing anymore. I just felt... No, I felt they were lost, yeah. the writers. <laughs> yeah, no, and wow. I would I would love to pick somebody's brain in the good place and know how much they knew when they were writing the pilot. You know, like how much of that did they have mapped out because they... I mean, you guys are talking about gods. Like, I, I, it's hard for me for even think of myself in the same category as Aline Brosh McKenna and Michael Schur. Like, uh, you know, like that's, you know what I mean? Like, how, I, am I in the same category with the woman who wrote The Devil Wears Prada? Probably not. <laughs> like, no, no. Oh. I don't know. You have, a, you have this podcast and you're already on a two syllable name basis with ScarJo. So, yeah. I am, you know, yeah. you hang out, you know. ScarJo, no. the litigious as fuck ScarJo, I love it. The litigious her, Rosa also. Parks of the, you know, okay. Anyway, so. <laughs> I missed that earlier, but I got it now. I was yeah. like, what? No, wrong. Yeah, okay. no. Okay, yeah. So thanks for that. Uh, my jokes take a little while to marinate. That's how. That's how. We Listen, we're meeting new people. You know Jenna and Kevin, but I'm just meeting them for the first time, and they know you. So I'm watching them. Yeah. Listen to you, and I'm waiting to see if they have the same eye rolls I do when you talk. No, I think that's how. Like you know, that's kind of the charm of Rob. You know, you're not going to laugh initially, but when you're thinking about it on the way home, you're going to laugh. You know. That's fair. I'll accept yeah, I don't that. Think Rob- I don't think I've ever, I don't think we've ever hung out outside of the writer's rooms, but we've hung out at many writer's rooms, right? But I don't know yes. if I've ever like seen your face outside of a writer's room, which is interesting. Well, I I don't know. I'm encouraged by that, you know? There are certain people that like, <laughs> I just- not a bad thing. <laughs> no, like, I think that's how it is kind of with film family. You know, you like, yeah. there's, you know, my friend, shout out to my friend Mona, who we don't hang out very often outside of film stuff. But whenever we see each other, like, we're just happy to see you. It's like, oh, God, it's like that that camp vibe. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's kind of there. And, like, immediately when I was like, like, you know, I was like, hey, I'm doing a movie in Chicago. Mona was like, when do you need me? I'll be there. I would just get a hotel. You know what I mean? Just, like, immediately, like, that sort of thing. But we don't really get to see each other just because, like, life gets in the way. But when, you yeah. know, we can do, like, the film stuff, that's just, you know. I also, think, I also think sometimes with film friends, I don't know about this with you, Rob, but you start hanging out with people just in general because they're friendly and you like them. Right. It turns into a writer's group or film. Right. Have you noticed that? You're like, well, we're all sitting around here. So what are we working on? Or, you know, what would we do? Let's get some camera equipment together and you make the film happen. And then, you know, and people are like, so did you hang out with your friend? You're like, yes, here's our short film of our, <laughs> you know, of our project. I like, you know, I've been, 
I will say this on air. I've been so jealous of uh, Jenna and Kevin because they're like, when you meet the two of them, they're very much like independent entities, but they work together on this shit. Like, like seriously, like the kind of film partnerships that like I've always dreamed about. And I might've converted my wife. Like <laughs> that's my producer just like trying to like, I got to keep up with Jenna and Kevin. These guys are fucking on it. I'm like taking notes. Like these, the way they got it. Like, you know, I invited my wife into my writing process and that has been one of the most harrowing experiences of my life. But I think I did it. One of the reasons is I did is because I'm like, well, Jen and Kevin did it. You know, they can do it. They can, I can fucking handle it. That's right. But then, you know, then like my wife just, you know, she likes to eviscerate me and I've just learned to, to love the evisceration. You know, sometimes you just have to like put yourself back together and enjoy the process. It's it's a whole thing, and 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 I'm I'm a much better writer for it. I think I have some yeah. bumps and bruises. Have you guys? Listened- so. Oh, go ahead, uh-huh. Jenna. They hear oh, me no. all the time, so go ahead. Um, I think it's just you know because Kevin's probably my I don't my hardest reader, my harshest critic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to call it, but I think it's because he knows me. He knows all my tricks. He knows my weaknesses. And if I were to just hand it to a random reader, it's just like all fresh to them. <laughs> Kevin will point out, he's like, you do this thing. You do this <laughs> thing in every script. And yeah, I'm just like, you know, you need to switch it up here. Because this is a crutch. This is becoming a crutch. It was fine the first time. and But now this is like it's the third time now. you're doing it. Yeah. 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 Find a new way. <laughs> Kevin, no rebuttal. <laughs> that is a hard when they when they know you or they know the original like real story. Some of that come from came from, and they're like, "You're missing part of that story," and you're like, "Well, I only Kevin will um, yeah. he'll point out things if he if it doesn't read authentic. He's like, "This isn't based off of anything, is it?" And I'll be like, "No, it isn't." He's like, mm, "Gotta mm. dig deeper there." Yeah. My um, wife or does the exact he, same thing. Yeah, if he if something is ringing true, he's like, "Who is this? Right. <laughs> yeah, my wife like she literally like when I uh, like I've been writing this movie, the Chicago, which I'm calling the Chicago movie. But like I remember the first draft, like I handed her the first twenty pages because I'm a pantser, and like I was just like, "Yeah," and I handed it out, and everybody else was like, "I like where this is going," and my wife was like, "This is cliche written, and you've done this before. Stop it." And I was like, "Okay, you're all right. Um, you're right." And she was just like, "Maybe you should fix this, this, and this." And I was like, "All right," and I went a completely different direction, like <laughs> like just a page one rewrite, just because it was like, "All right, yeah, you're right. No, I'm you're right. Those are." All right, I was doing it. Okay, I have I have that with like <laughs> short shorthand characters. My my producing partner Julia, I see certain characters and her scripts keep coming back, and I'm like, oh, this is Doc. You know, you always have a doctor character who's a bit of a drinker in all of your stories, and I'm always like, ah, Doc showed up again, and she's like, fuck, you recognize Doc? Let, let me hide it. Bitch, <laughs> you found him. But do you well, know who Doc is IRL? Oh yes, I know who Doc, Doc is. There. Doc's expectations is like you know I don't I don't even get to know necessarily who everybody is because it's some like very vulnerable stuff and maybe it's something sure. that Jenna heard or maybe it's someone she you know she knows or it's secondhand or maybe it's personal and it's it's all it's all a blend and it's all like very vulnerable you know. And so and that's where so, you go. This is a complete work of fiction. It's amazing. All of this came yeah. from your brain without any yeah. input. Yeah. yeah. I'm I not just, going to inquire further. <laughs> I love it because I, I love, especially I love the language of the show. Like there's we so, curse a lot. Yes. Well, not only that, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's the kind of sexually explicit that I love to see from women because then, you know, then I'm like, oh, thank God. Because when it comes, when it, you know, when it comes from sort of the male gaze, it does feel either exploitative or just vulgar. And with, you know, like coming from that sort of the female authorship, it definitely feels, it feels authentic, but it then it also feels just like like a breath of fresh air, like, oh, great, that's so good. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, some of the other stuff. But people keep telling me that I should, like, watch, like, some of the new stuff that Chandra's been doing on on uh, Netflix. 
And I'm just like, all right, okay. Cause like, <laughs> that's what you're saying, but it just feels great. It feels authentic and it feels fun and it feels uninhibited in it, it in its subject matter. And I just feel like that to me is just, you know, that's just my cup of tea all over. So I enjoy it. So I guess the question we have is, do you want to ask, well, Rob, uh, I guess this is a question. Do you want to ask this question or me? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, sure. Well, now that you guys, and you guys said that you, you know, that you wanted to set up like an ending just in case you didn't get a season two, but would you do like a second season or in, in effect, like another independent television show? I would love to do another season. I have... I have plot lines. I have an, I think a very good and fun idea for a season two. I think it's all about, you know, if, if enough people are watching it and financing really, or a production <laughs> company behind it. So I think if a lot of people are watching season one and are enjoying season one, then a season two is a possibility. All right. Great. Yeah, we can't do season two how we did season one. How about that? It was, it was, that was very tough. It was a big leap, probably of faith and resources and energy. Yeah, Yeah. no financing support. No, but you know, we were just like, we want to do the show and we made it and it took years and it took a lot of money and no, that's, that's very tough. And I'm super glad we did. I'm very proud of the show. I'm really happy with the response that it's getting. So yeah, we'd love to do a season two. Short version. Awesome. Okay, well, we have two signature questions. Yes. Yes. Um, signature and questions. This is really important because Rob and I have an ongoing feud, and we're not going to tell you <laughs> what the right answers are. <laughs> the first one's an easy one. Okay. Rob, do you want to do it? Usually. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got to ask you guys, because I know both of you are writers, because I've been in your writing group. So I got to ask the two of you. Do you like writing? Is that a thing? Do you, do you enjoy the process? Jenna, Kevin, what's that like? Do you want to go first, Kevin? I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> I, I know Jenna's answer. Uh, I, I, I rarely do, you know, I, I do for like little glimmers, but, but it's, it's extremely hard. And so for people in my boat, I really, really, really recommend marrying someone like, take it away. <laughs> I love it. This is my happy place. If I were to do anything else, if I were to have get a muggle job, um, I would still a be doing this. Job. Okay. I I don't know. It this is it is where I. It's my it's my time. It's me time, and I really do have joy in the process. It's fulfilling. It's exciting. Um, it's comforting, and I don't know. It's like probably the only times that I'm super nostalgic. Because I just turn on Taylor Swift and Selena and Olivia Rodrigo, and I like go back in time, and it's great. It's great. Writing is great. I don't know why everyone doesn't do it. Because they can't. It's so hard. It's just so hard. It hurts. <laughs> it can hurt. It can hurt you. You suddenly dig in the recesses of your brain, and you go, you know, I thought there was a lot more going on here, but. No, you know, so you can you can wind up very disappointed in yourself in the middle of writing and be very stressed. So I'm glad it's a Zen place for you. And I'm empathetic to you as well, Kevin, because I've had moments where <laughs> I'm like write just... so much less since I met Jenna, and I am fine with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm still I'm still giving the notes, I'm directing things, I'm still like exercising so many challenging creative muscles but i i feel like i'm not forcing myself to do the thing that is is harder for me and i'll, I'll still write you know but um, i will never write as much as jenna i just won't it's not it's not my happy place like it is for her it is my happy place as well i'm i'm team jenna on this one because you know i i literally get to that point where like i like i writing is my happy place but i also have to have different kinds of writing like i find that you know, there's a certain amount of journal writing that I actually have to do. Like if uh, there's a point where my own inner monologue is drowning out the voices of my characters and it's like, oh, you haven't written in your journal in a while. And then I'm like, then once I've gotten the voices out of my own head, like I've shut my own like voice down, then I can go back to listening to the fake people. So like for me, you know, especially as someone who carries around four pens at once and two notebooks, at least two notebooks that the writing is, is very much something that I, that I will do in the middle of the produce aisle of the supermarket 
embarrassing your wife. Yeah. Like, please just mm-hmm. get cereal. Please just get cereal. Yeah. She's like, yeah. So I'm I'm doing this now. Yes, you're doing this now. I'm sorry. I have to. They're talking. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> okay. And then our other question. signature question for all the marbles, and you guys can answer separately and, and feel free to bicker amongst yourselves. Are you an outliner or do you write by the seat of your pants, aka a pantser? Outliner or pantser? Oh, we know each other's answers and it's the same. Here we go. Ooh. Three, two, one. Outliner. Outline. <laughs> oh, Rob. Think hard on Zoom. Oh, man. Two more um, from my Here's team. the thing. Um, I think for those that do not outline, and I think that's, I think everyone's writing process is valid. Whatever they do, I don't think that, you know, there is like one set way. This is the way you write. <laughs> it, when you get hired to write, you have to know how to write an outline. Right you will not get approved for a script without writing an outline. And so it is best to practice that on your own time. So when you're getting paid to do it, you already know how to do it. So it is at least people who want to be professional writers. It's something, it's a muscle that they should at least exercise, even if you're not doing it for your own personal work. I'm fine with somebody wants to pay me for the privilege of, 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 of like doing an outline, but like for my own stuff, like, you know, I just, it's one of those, I'm one of those, oh, I'm going to get in the car. Like, I'm still one of those people who are just like, I don't know where this road goes. And I'll just start driving down like random roads and be like, I hope this goes somewhere that I know where I'm going. But I'm just, well, I, don't think the, I don't think the outline precludes that. I think the outline is like you, it's, it's, you know, you can use your outline. Your, your outline doesn't have to be like your in dash GPS. Your outline can be like the year 2000 uh, MapQuest printout with like the mile markers <laughs> where you're trying to look for the turn. You know what I mean? And so you you have these guidelines and you know you got to make that turn somewhere like about 10 miles from now, but that's about as specific. You know what I mean? I don't think it, I don't right. think it precludes it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're team K on this one is what you're telling me. Yep. You guys are definitely team K. All right. We're trying to, we're trying to persuade you. Come on over to the MapQuest side, man. MapQuest. I don't know, man. You know, at. sometimes Rob describes his process to me and you'll hear it in some of these recordings and we're like, that just seems like outlining with extra steps. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yes, you no, are team K. All right. Cause there are times. There's lemonade like, and cookies on this side. It's not because like. We you bought know, enough for everyone. Cause we planned for it. <laughs> Like there are times where like I will, you know, I don't where I don't necessarily have time to get out a thing. But like especially when you're past page 60 and the story starting to fall out of your brain, like when you reach that point where this where the where the story like hits the, the accelerator and you're like, oh, God, you know, you just like, you you know, you've gone into beast mode. And I'm just like, all right, I need to just beat this out because otherwise I'm going to lose these thoughts. And I hate losing my own thoughts. It's not an outline. It's just like, this is the story. No, that's an outline. No, that's like, literally like an outline. What you're saying is just an outline. I'm just going to be quiet here, Rob, because I feel like you're hearing what you need to hear. You know what? This is not an intervention. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm just... It's Rob, a... Rob, you don't, you don't need an intervention. You're already an outline. <laughs> There's no need for an intervention. You're, you're on TP team year 2000 map quest you know okay all right yeah yeah you just don't like the and that's fine there's like different levels of it you don't need the in dash google maps like berating you for like turn left in 1000 feet turn left in 500 feet turn left in 250 feet turn left in 10 feet turn left now you know right. you don't want that kind and of then thing. you and miss fine. it and it there's goes like ca- a there's a range that you can embrace and you're and- maybe on one side of that range but you're you're good you're an outliner man oh. <laughs> I don't think Let's he's ready to what admit it. Watching, consuming, writing <laughs> this week. Uh, I am still watching season two of Supernatural, although I did binge a lot of it this week. And I started watching Sex Expectations. I need to rewrite my latest pages of the Chicago movie from our new writers group, which does not include Jenna and Kevin. Um, Ouch. Yeah, well, you know, they they're, they're, the writing group is no longer in D.C., which is sad for me. The writing uh, group is at the moment is no longer in existence. So right. Didn't yeah. Feel, it's, uh, didn't feel left out. <laughs> it's, it's a shame, but I, I love them, and and you know I, I will 
pour out one for them this week. Anyway, I also started writing a book on my phone. Cuz just, you know, I started writing it without an outline. Have, Fuck cause it. Because you, you have the two notebooks, the four pens, and you forwent all of them and started writing on your phone. Yeah, just in the notes app. I'm just, okay. I was just like, yeah, I was fine. No outline, just going at it, just making, you know, not pages, lines. I don't know. An outline? No. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. I like them. Okay. Yeah, Kevin, one, Jenna, one of you guys. <laughs> fucking, okay. Oh, what are we watching? I mean, obviously, we watched our own show when it was up. <laughs> um, More of a QC than like a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we need uh, Amazon. Messed up. Amazon was playing the wrong episode first, which is so frustrating. It took like two days to get it fixed, which was just awful. So, yeah. Um, but it's fixed. You can watch the show on Amazon now. I don't know. We were, watching, uh, we were watching Picard. We've been super busy oh, right now. I'm right, starting right. a new job this week. Uh, I'm uh, right now, these offices I'm in are at Electric Entertainment in West Hollywood, which is, they do a lot of shows. Uh, and the right librarians. Now, and librarians. Yes. Okay. I had a meeting there a while ago, back when librarians was on the air. But yeah, they're, they're, they're busy. Yeah, they do a lot of stuff. And so I'm working on The Ark, which is a sci-fi peacock. Uh, nice. thing i'm working Ooh. on season two of that so what i'm watching is rough cuts of that that i can't talk about yeah do they oh. arc can't I, can't, I can't confirm or deny ah! <laughs> arcing or not arcing okay mm, mm, okay no one knows intrigue i'll have to watch and find out yeah. awesome jenna what about you Oh, what am I, you know, so we watched the first couple of episodes of Picard, which were fun, but we keep hearing about season two. So I have really high expectations by the, when we get to season two of Picard, it better blow my mind. But I have a confession. No. I think, I think it's season three of Picard. Oh, that's is it my three? Book. Yeah, it's okay. three. Season three. The first two, two are like, oh, but season that's three is like doing nostalgia drugs, like, and you uh -oh. can't stop. Yeah. Got it, got it. The unofficial um, season eight of, of TNG. There you go. <laughs> That's what season three is. And then um, watching a lot of Butterbean Cafe. Oh, um, yeah. On Have Paramount, because that's what our kids are watching right now. Writing-wise, I'm revisiting. So I had just finished a, a draft of a spec that did really well in a contest, but I'm revisiting it because it's it's not good enough yet. And that's called Lessons in Kissing Brazilian Boys. And it's like a, you know, it's a college rom-com. Um, I wouldn't need lessons for that. You know, I don't either. <laughs> Kevin's Brazilian. <laughs> hey, no. Mm, okay. All right. Yeah. So this week, I'm going to jump in there. Uh, I am at AFM this week. And so I'm just trying to be at the right place. Uh, for my with my team so I'm like running there after this and uh, as far as writing since I'm on the go I am acting like Rob this week and I have a little notebook and I have four pens and every time I get a moment I'm I'm dropping some pages for my low budget horror script feed Fifi we are now over the hump Yes, I'm 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 racing to page sixty. You're um, welcome. Demon cat running around a house, it, which is all I ever wanted. I didn't even know in a horror script, so I'm loving it and just trying to get to the end because that's the only way you get to make it is if you finish it, right? It's Wait, just... you said it's a it's a demon cat. Yeah, so it's mm -hmm. about a house sitter who's house sitting for her parents' friends, and she's like in her thirties and kind of fucked up at life, so she's doing this favor for her mom and they left instructions on how to take care of everything in the house but they have this skittish cat she never sees that she leaves food out and she hears it like running around in the other rooms and stuff and the food goes away and only about halfway through the house sitting she finds out the cat has been boarded at the vets and she doesn't know what she's been feeding and it started okay. eating her Postmates drivers and Tinder dates. And so, and it's getting bigger. So, uh, so it's got a little bit of a, a little shop of horrors vibes as well. I was just thinking that. Uh, I love that. Um, yes. Well, especially we since like cats are kind of creepy on their own. Yeah. And Japan, um, Japan yeah, okay, this, they're creepy. Japan has this whole lore of like demon cats and cats taking over their owner's bodies and stuff. And I was just like, 
Japan, I get you. Cats are weird. Go for it. <laughs> they are. Yeah. I um, love them. And they would. Weirdos. Yeah. They would. They, they would take they over would. their bodies. <laughs> that way they could they have thumbs and finally open all the wet food. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> that, that's a frightening thought. Anyway, we have two resources this week. The first is from Cinema Sticks on YouTube. They have a video essay on how the comedic writing is so tight on Shaun of the Dead that even someone who has watched it at least once a year, every year since the year it came out, Our Lord of 2004, there are jokes in there that were somehow missed by yours truly. I just... An absolute like madman of a movie. I and any chance that I can get to hype up like great writing, of course, with Shaun of the Dead, you know. So there's a link to that in the show notes. And our second resource is Sexpectations. Uh, you can watch it on Amazon or Apple, and there are links to both in the show notes. I hope that unlike me, your cable box will not try to cock block you. So, you know. Hopefully you'll be able to, to watch it at, at, on your own thing. Uh, shout out to one of our listeners, Paige Feldman, friend of the show, who is no doubt listening to this. And Paige, I got to say, this is your show. This is absolutely your show. It will be your favorite show of all time. So Paige, I, who I know is listening, she likes to listen to us when she does her, her runs. You know, check out the show in the show notes and you will not be disappointed. You will thank me. And so I look forward to that DM. For the rest of you out there, this, this show is the example of what I'm talking about. It is a show written and directed by people like you who are in the trenches, grinding the shitty industry, making shit that works. And it is awesome. It is not free, but buying the whole season is worth your $9, as I am proud to, uh, uh, like, I, I also did that. Yeah, and by the way, folks, $9, you pay more for coffee at Starbucks than that, and in this one, you're supporting indie filmmakers and getting hours of entertainment and joy, so it'll last longer than your coffee as well, so so don't make a face, buy it, and support them. Right, and that is our show, Screenwriting from the Trenches, can currently be found on Amazon, Anchor, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and Spotify Podcast, as well as KevinOnMark.com. Our screenwriting Twitter drama theme song was written by Zach Morrison and used with his permission. And hey, we'd appreciate it if you dropped us a like or rate us five stars on whatever platform that you patronize. Because YK Tuxford algorithms for questions for us that we can and will answer on the show, please email us at rob at bmofo.net. Uh, you can also find us on the Twitters. I am at Perspective Mofo. Uh, Jenna, you are no longer on Twitter or X. You have left us Where can behind. we find you? Yeah, but um, my you? only um my only public social media account is um Instagram and it's the at Jenna St. John um with a dot after the ST. So Jenna ST dot John. Perfect. Kev? What about you, Kevin? I'm Kevin Be Good on Twitter, although it has fallen off, hasn't it? Twitter is not what it used to be. So I don't know how much I will be there on the Twitters. Rob uh, and I Insta are doing our best to keep Twitter, you know, holding up the roof for all yeah, the screenwriters uh, in there. On yeah. Instagram, I'm I'm a crisis lab. And Zach is at Zach Zach everyone who's listening to get the show and then message both of us and tell us what you thought. Yes. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> I will also put a link to the show on uh, Facebook. It has a robust Facebook page that uh, updates very much so. And I will have the show. The it also has a a very great uh, an Instagram page. It has a fun a bunch of fun clips. And all of those things will be linked in the show notes along with Zach, whose handle is Zach Morrison eighteen. And these things, as well as my YouTube channel, where the Cinema Challenge series, where we show you how to make a movie for a thousand dollars are all down in the links. You guys know how we do. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that you will continue to do so. Now, stop procrastinating. Those pages aren't going to write themselves. Jenna and Kevin, guys, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much. I Thank love the guys. show. Happy to promote it. Not happy that you that you you kind of you took K-side over mine. That's that we're supposed to be 
Film We're all on the same States. team, Rob. Oh. Rob just doesn't oh. recognize it yet. He's oh. in the he's in the Rob Alan doesn't like closet. labels. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. We support you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give him <laughs> note cards one day, and I'll be like, "You don't have to write anything on these note cards." He's gonna come Rob, back, and it's gonna first, be all. Uh, the first step to not having a problem is admitting you never had a problem. Okay. <laughs>